Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Source and Journal Radio, a regular check-in with apparel industry insiders and thought leaders, which spotlights a variety of topics currently driving change in the market. Welcome to Rivet 50 Radio. I'm Edward Hertzman, the president of Sourcing Journal and Rivet. Today we're speaking with Maurice Malone, owner and designer of Williamsburg Garment Company and owner of the namesake label Maurice Malone. Maurice, welcome and thank you for joining. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. So uh, we're coming off an eventful year to say the least. What has your experience been like a designer living through history in the making? Well, um, I'm sure for everyone it hasn't been fun, Uh, but uh, we've managed to take our lemons and make them into lemonade. So uh, after almost thinking, oh man, are we going to go out of business just in in March, uh, going through a couple of weeks with almost no sales and everything closing down. Uh, I, I, I start thinking and turned the company around and um, uh, went from uh, having uh, uh, depending on uh, to a certain amount, certain degree uh, retail sales to being a, becoming a service industry. Um, and um, I got our uh, alterations business from just being a small part of our, 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 our business to now it's, it dominates our sales uh, without the, without the emergency and uh, COVID happening. I, I, I might've kind of overlooked that part of our business for a long time. Pivot the conversation a little bit. The, the Black Lives Matter movement inspired a long awaited change throughout the fashion industry. Can you talk about the initiatives that you personally launched in support of the black community? Well, uh, a little more than a year ago, uh, we started this. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm included in the uh, complex uh, Parsons uh, uh, yellow brick uh, streetwear uh, online educational program. Uh, and my thing with that, I, I I stepped out and said that I wanted to do something every uh, Black History Month just for young Black designers who were uh, didn't have the money uh, to um, have a get a formal education and, and go to college and everything. So uh, for us, we did a uh, uh, kind of carved out. Uh, February as a uh, period when we when we do a uh, program that's directed at Black youth uh, with an income of less than household income of less than sixty thousand dollars a year 
to give them scholarships to the online program at Yellow Brick. So what's your advice to others within the fashion community? How can they sustain the momentum of this movement right now? You know, what's your advice to brands and designers looking to do the right thing? Well, um, I think, uh, and, and, and I follow the, the same philosophy uh, of doing things small uh, on a small level and in a way that you can upscale uh, if, if things go good. Uh, uh, so uh, I believe that like small designers and people looking to, to get into this business should approach it small and be ready to expand, do all your homework, get get everything together where uh, what's, uh, if, if things go good very quickly, because with the internet, it can, you know, you never know when you get a, 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 a celebrity or something, where's your, where's your, your, your clothing and you're getting a lot of hits on your website. You might go from uh, selling one item a week to, to selling a hundred, 200, to a thousand things a week is it's, it's possible in, uh, in today's industry. Uh, so have an eye on, on growth, but be prepared and, and work small, but be ready uh, to, to, to bump everything up if you need to at short notice. Maurice, are you satisfied with the progress you're seeing within the fashion industry right now as it pertains to diversity and inclusion? Um, yes, I'm um, I'm happy to see uh, a lot of designers that were in my position uh, through the 90s. I remember the troubles and struggles I had, but just the other day, I'm looking at Louis Vuitton's uh, 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 newest collection and, you know, something uh, to, uh, to see a black designer in a position like that uh, uh, when I was, doing runway shows and things. Um, uh, I, I, I could visualize that and I visualize it for myself, <laughs> but at the same time, it was still a dream. So uh, we are uh, moving forward uh, uh, in, in, uh, in diversity and, and, and uh, uh, Blacks are now, I believe, uh, being able well all types of people um from uh asian to black to hispanic everybody is getting their chance now i i believe more than ever uh, i'm sure it's some things that uh some uh ceilings that haven't been broken yet uh but uh we're moving forward and i'm happy happy to see that we are so let's talk about distribution models a little bit. You've been out. You've been an outspoken champion of the direct-to-consumer business model. Um, how has the pandemic demonstrated the benefits of going DTC? And, and what do you think this means for retailers? I mean, we're seeing more and more brands pull back from the wholesale channels. They want to have control over their distribution. They want to be able to have higher margin sell-throughs. So, do you see this being a, a massive change for the industry as a whole? Yes, I, I, I saw a direct-to-consumer coming years, years ago. Actually, uh, I was in on, the, uh, on selling uh, direct-to-consumer back in the 90s. I, I 
made an effort to uh, have a first class website um, that could do business uh, direct to consumer. Uh, but unfortunately, um, uh, at the around 2001, when when uh, I like kind of rearranged my my company. Uh, I took a couple years off and left the website <laughs> kind of like just online, but not really doing what it like uh, should have been doing. Uh, so I've been on on the online direct consumer uh, thing for a long time. And when I launched Williamsburg Garment Company, uh, started um, selling to retailers, I would tell retailers, ask them about their uh, website all the time. Like, are you selling online? Are you doing online? A lot of them were, uh, yeah, you know, we're not, uh, that's not really a, a big focus. And I would always tell everybody, make sure <laughs> you get your online business going because that's where it's going. I I, I told everybody that, <laughs> that, that um, I cared about and that I wanted to see succeed all the little mom and pop stores. And, um, uh, it came to a point for for me, uh, direct consumer uh, means controlling your 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 business. Um, and and in fact, uh, we were selling department stores uh, uh, for hmm, maybe about two years when the brand was early uh, after after it first started. And I left that business. I actually told because I was not happy with the way I was, the way that, you know, they were marketing us. Uh, one department store where we both did their online orders uh, for our product. We did the drop shipping for them. And uh, also we shipped them to sell in the store. But as an, uh, a Made in USA brand, you know, I check our product like, uh, with the retailers and see how they're, you know, doing it. And I would, I would do a search uh, for American-made brands on their site, and other brands would come up, and mine wasn't. <laughs> and I would tell them, you know, you know, uh, uh, one, you know, you're, uh, you got the name of this uh, product wrong, or you listing this wrong, or, and we're not coming up here. And they always say, yeah, we're going, okay, we'll fix it. Never did anything. And for for me, that's not represent that's not represent my brand right so my brand is <laughs> is my property and my uh uh the, my business so i had to pull that back to protect you know my brand and with when you're you, you have a successful online business uh when retailers you know it it it, it it's so different to being uh, at a to being able to say, you know what? I'd rather just do it myself and not have to worry uh, uh, about you know uh, uh, retailers uh, wanting to send stuff back or uh, or uh, arguing about pricing or you know with direct consumer. You get more of a profit margin, and you control your business. And if you don't succeed, it's because of something that you're doing or not doing right. So 
uh, well, if you rely on a uh, retail base, uh, if they might see your brand different and promote it this kind of way or that kind of way, uh, or or you know, you said it a few minutes ago, saying how you know things can happen overnight with social media and Instagram, and I, I think that's a big difference. You know, ten, twenty years ago. You had to be in Barney's. You had to be in Nordstrom's. You had to get the Fred Siegel, you know, placement in the front, or you, you know, then you were never going to make it to the 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 second tier of retail, or you know, the the. the today, you're 100 percent right. It's 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 a different it's a different narrative. It's it's a different game. I'm not saying that having wholesale distribution is bad because it's actually it's interesting. A lot of the the DTC only companies who have said. We will never open retail or we'll never do wholesale. You see, at some point, they plateau when they need the distribution and the foot traffic and you know the, the eyes and ears that some of those big retailers give to them. But I agree with you. The, the, the idea that you will only make it if you're in XYZ retailer has completely changed. And I think it's also, you know, we've seen during the pandemic, who has excelled the most? It's people that have a... a DTC strategy. And I think people confuse, you know, oh, I have an e-commerce site. That's very different. Your ability to fulfill quickly, your ability to get product to the, to the client overnight. Does your website change? Is it is it agile? Is what I'm seeing different than what you're seeing? Is it different than what someone else is seeing? Are you able to like change it to be more of a, you know, a real life a shoppable experience? So there's a lot of technology that's going to completely change how e-commerce is being handled today. And I think it's going to be very exciting to see how how that type of you know that side of the business really you know, evolves. Yeah, I, I gave an example to uh, uh, another friend of mine who has a brand because um, uh, he relies on a wholesale uh, uh, business. And like when COVID first, like right after the shutdowns and everything, he was asking me, "How do you think? What what do you think is going to happen?" And I said. For brands that, like big brands that rely on retail stores, it's going to be bad. Because if, just say if uh, this department store has to close their their doors, they're still paying rent. They still have a lot of obligations. Uh, If you're not one of the top selling brands in their store, do you think you're going to get paid? Do you, they're not going to be able to pay every <laughs> vendor. <laughs> so who's who's going to get hurt? The guys that are not that relevant to their business. So uh, whether it happened or not, I don't, I'm not, I'm only just saying what I think. So when you uh, if you're in a position where that's a just a portion of your business that you don't need, then you're in a good position. Yeah, I mean. People that look, you had to be. I don't want to say lucky. You know, obviously, if you were in Walmart or Target or some of those retailers, they were essential businesses, so they stayed open. And so, people that had, you know, obviously, you have to have a certain type of brand or doing private label for them. They may have benefited. The athleisure trend benefited Nike and Adidas and brands like that. But these are exceptional companies who are well positioned even before the pandemic. People that were selling exclusively to, to, to brick and mortar retail that was closed because it was not essential. It didn't matter how good your brand was or how you know popular it was. You couldn't get into the store. So unless that retailer had a really robust strategy, you know, curbside pickup, 
or a way to connect with a consumer digitally, you're kind of out of luck. Um, but but on, on the topic of, of athleisure and comfort, um, I, I have a question. You know, during this past year, but even prior to that, as I noted, we, we've just seen an explosion of, of, of comfort wear and athleisure. In terms of fashion, what can the denim industry do to stay relevant and maybe capitalize on this trend a little bit? Or should they not be? Should they stay in their lane and, and, and not try to, you know, take advantage of it? Yeah, well, I think the key to having a successful business, no matter like what kind of product you're making, is make a good product. And I I, I think things will the the, the uh, everything will fall in its place if you're doing that. When you try to uh, jump around and uh, reinvent yourself uh, uh, for something that you don't do, you're, it's, that's a hard road to travel. Um, uh, jeans aren't going anywhere. Uh, jeans have been around for, <laughs> I don't know, I could be wrong, <laughs> more than a hundred years or so. Uh, and uh uh, yeah, it, the market changes, it evolves. Uh, uh, joggers and uh, leisure wear, wear has uh, 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 increased dramatically, uh, but but denim is still there. It's, it's, it's a staple of the cloth that is not going anywhere. Uh, so um, I wouldn't advise anyone to start making uh, knit denim if uh, just to try to uh uh get in on a the comfort and leisure wear but uh just keep doing a good product uh you can uh if you're going to go that route ease into it um but keep your keep your dna uh about your brand and and just do a good job marketing your brand and when you know things uh in fashion things come around they they go they go in circles so uh, uh, the the best advice for me is just do your brand and do it well. I I couldn't agree more. You know, at our last summit in the fall, we've heard from a a bunch of brands who kind of echoed exactly what you said. You know, they're not going to go from making dresses, although you know that may be a really difficult difficult category, into yoga pants because when the, when when the tide does change, they don't want to lose their core customer. And, and who they are. doesn't mean they can't make a little bit more casual wear. doesn't mean they can't pivot a little bit, but to completely change their DNA uh, would just be, would be a miss around all around. Um, so, so, so one more question. Your, your latest collection is described as the meeting point of craftsmanship and streetwear. Can you, can you explain what that means a little bit? What I do is just within, within our business is always problem solved. So we had a issue with manufacturing, because we manufacture in LA. And being in New York, I wasn't, it was always hard getting things done on time in LA. Uh, uh, it's just a different uh, animal manufacturing there. You need to be in the factory every day. You need to make sure they're working on your stuff. The minute you walk out the door and somebody else walk in, uh, they could, you know, uh, put your stuff to the side and tell uh, 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 the other customer, especially if he's bigger than you, if he's doing more units, uh, uh, give them your date that, you know, your stuff is supposed to be done. So uh, 
I try to be able to control that more by doing more production here. We're not uh, uh, we're not ready and not a full uh, 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 mass production factory here, but we can produce jeans and we can produce them on a smaller level, just as good, but not as fast. So we kind of pivoted to uh, more uh, handmade and 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 uh, and craft denim instead of more mass production. Uh, I don't intend to rule that out. Uh, 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 we are going to get to a point where we're producing uh, uh, volume and having a lower price jeans uh, because when with the smaller quantities, your price level, your your pricing does go up. And when we first stepped into the business, part our 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 thing was uh, high quality, low price. So we kind of uh, our, our our prices went from uh, $102 uh, for a pair of raw dental jeans when we first started, which were made in China. And then a year later, we were all made in the USA. And our that same jean went from, 10, from uh, 102 to 126. And now we've managed to only to do smaller volumes, but keep that same jean that, that we were mass producing. Selling for 126 now, it sells for 139. So we're still at affordable denim, but then our custom-made uh, uh, product starts at that same jean made by us is uh, 250. So uh, we're not going to let go of the 139 mass-produced jeans, uh, but we are going to focus more on our production here in Brooklyn and hopefully get to the point where we can mass produce it here. And we're, we're buying more machines. The hardest thing is, is getting the help, getting people that know genes. Uh, it takes a long time training people. Uh, it's expensive training people uh, because you, when you're dealing with raw denim, uh, heavyweight denim, you're using uh, big fat needles on the machines and uh, your uh, error, uh, your your room for error is, is, is hardly none. Uh, so once the machine punches a hole in a jean, you make a mistake. You know, it's not like fabric with a fine needle. You can take it apart and redo it again. You're going to see, you know, that that, you know, uh, 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 pocket on that leg panel has to be redone. You got maybe have you cut a whole nother panel and start over again. So it's expensive uh, when you when you're dealing with when you're training people, you're going to mess up a lot of product. Uh, uh, but in the end, it's going to be better uh, when we can. And this is our goal to be able to produce here. We want to be <laughs> uh, we have big plans for the business and we want to be a major manufacturing uh, factory for denim here on the East Coast. So you, you do all your manufacturing exclusively in Brooklyn, that's correct? Yeah, currently we do. That's unbelievable. Yeah, like you said, I, I know plenty of West Coast Cali-based uh, factories, but I think that's that's incredible to have a, a company with, with your experience behind it uh, out of the East Coast um, is, is exciting. You know, there's another factory uh, in, in uh, uh, on the East Coast that, we contacted a couple of different times trying to see if we can move production there. It's they're more expensive than 
making it in LA, but you know, it's just across the bridge to go and see things happen. But the production time, the time that we had the from when we place an order and when we actually get it was too too long for us. You know, we gotta <laughs> we wanna be able to turn things fast. So we're we're leaning we're we're more into happy with controlling our own manufacturing. Like when we're late, it's because we're late. <laughs> you know, it's not because somebody else made us late. So we'd rather take that. Uh, and we're we're not by far uh, on time, which which uh, uh, the good thing about that is that, you know, our customers love our product enough that they're willing to wait. And we are honest with people. Uh, we're, you know, and when we're not, uh, when we don't meet our, our our delivery times, you know, uh, we give discounts. Uh, we kind of my my thing is treat people the way you want to be treated. So if somebody was late with my product, what would I do? What would I want? And that's what that's what I try to do for my customers. Well, if I have two takeaways, Maurice, it's it's that you're authentic, and that you wanna you wanna control your old destiny. And I think those are two uh two two good takeaways that, that I hope our audience um, can learn from because I think it's it's very important uh, in today's business for to to be authentic because I could think, A, to your point, consumers could see right through it. Uh, they want to be able to connect to a brand. And I think that unless you are taking control of your destiny, taking control of your production, taking control of your distribution, whatever that means for your brand, um, it's really hard to, to put your success in someone else's in someone else's hands. Um, so I just want to thank you again, Maurice, for joining. And I want to say a big congratulations on being a Rivet 50 member. Um, your, your peers, the community, the denim community, um, it's clear they respect and, and honor you. And, uh, thank you again for taking the time to speak with us. I'm sure it won't be the last time. Um, stay safe during these crazy times and, uh, hopefully we'll speak soon. Okay, I really appreciate you guys and uh, wish you well and to stay safe. And uh, hopefully we'll be through this thing pretty soon. Absolutely. To hear more conversations like this, visit sourcingjournal.com and click podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.